In today's show, we're going to look at the Chicago Bulls 2021-2022 regular season. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm here to look back at the Chicago Bulls regular season. As you're well aware of these shows, they are being recorded in advance. This is the 18th of April. The Bulls have just lost game one of the first round to the Bucks. I predicted they'll get swept. I don't know whether that's going to be true or not. We're looking back on their regular season. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Draft pick wise, where do they sit? Well, let's start record, actually. 46 and 36. Significantly better than I thought they would be. I was pretty down on... Down on them. I thought they would improve uh, based on their offseason. I didn't like the way they made their moves. I thought they overpaid for DeRozan. I don't know why they gave him so much money and had to give up so much back in a sign and trade to get him. But I was wrong on that. I underestimated what he would do. And I thought they would be... I didn't think they'd be this good. They also maybe fooled us a little bit with how they played to begin the season because their second half of the year was pretty rough. Yes, injuries hit them. Hit every team, to be honest, though. 46 and 36. Their first round pick is pick 19, and they get that one. So they, they haven't lost that pick anywhere. They do lose their second. Um, that goes to the Sacramento Kings. The They can get a first round pick from... They could have got a first round pick from the Blazers in the Markinen and Nance deal, but that didn't happen because the Blazers fell into the lottery. So they have pick 19. And according to Tankathon, that's Walker Kessler is the guy they're looking for there. That doesn't really mean much. Let's look at what their roster looks like for next year, though. The big question is, Zach Levine's an unrestricted free agent. No player option. He's done. Will he return? I, I expect so. He was under $20 million last contract. He's getting maxed. So 30-plus. He's getting a big contract. How's it going to look? I think okay, but I'd have to be a little bit worried about his knees. They bothered him for the second half of this season. He's still really good and really efficient. He's still an all-star caliber player. I don't think he's an all-NBA caliber player. I'm not sure he's a player that leads you to a top two seed on a uh, in a conference final sort of scenario. I'm not sure he's that guy. But they will look to bring him back, and I think he'll be back. Troy Brown's restricted. Yeah, he barely played for this team. Tony Bradley's got a $2 million player option. Why has he got a player option? I'm sure he'll pick that up because I don't think he's getting $2 million anywhere else. Matt Thomas and Tristan Thompson are unrestricted. Thompson, again, I just think reputation is the only reason he's really getting the minutes that he sees. Like he was okay as the backup center, but you know, the nonsense of them starting him and Vooch together a couple of times was just that nonsense. And he's nothing more than a backup center. He's still only 30, Tristan Thompson. Ayoda Sunmu's got a $1.6 million partial guarantee. That'll obviously get fully guaranteed. He was really solid, but they only signed him to a two-year deal as a rookie, and he's going to be restricted after next season. 
And I think that's it. Oh, Derek Jones Jr. is an unrestricted free agent. He came across in the Larry Nance, Larry Marketing deal. Never really got a good opportunity. I don't think he was actually used very well by Billy Donovan. And I think the times when they did use him as a backup center, it helped their team out a lot. He's never going to be a starting caliber player, but he can be a useful rotation guy if he's played in the right spot. Now, some sites will list him as a small forward. That's actually laughable. He's like a power forward at best, probably a center. Good rim protector, good defender, horrific offensive player. But yeah, he's got that one year. Oh, he's always, sorry, not one year. He's not going to get paid that $10 million again for sure. I think they would like to get him back, but I don't think they'll be breaking the bank to get him back. For the year, the Bulls had the 13th best offense and the 22nd best defense. We worried a little bit, a bit about their ability to defend with Vooch, Levine, and DeRozan as their three main guys. They got outsized production from Alex Caruso when he was on the court, Lonzo Ball when he was on the court, Dasunmu, and that kept them 22nd. Still not overly respectable, but it kept them in that area. And if we can bank on Lonzo, which we absolutely cannot, yeah, that number could go up and they could be a much better team. I think losing Lonzo hurt them a lot this season. He was playing some really good basketball and fit in almost perfectly with this team. But you know, to, to lose him the way they did... Um, has to be a concern for the future, given his history as well with knee injuries and persistent uh, injury problems. But I'm going to tell you now about a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I just wasn't getting enough vitamins, wasn't getting a healthy enough diet, enough vegetables. And this is such an easy way to do it. One scoop a day costs less than three bucks per scoop instead of hundreds of bucks on vitamin supplements or you know trying to get the right balanced diet in there. Easy way to do it. One scoop of a green powder into a glass of water every day, and I'm done. Tastes great. I, I'm noticing the benefits in my energy levels already. It's just a fantastic product. It's a small micro habit with big benefits. It also gives you vitamin D in your subscription. Because vitamin D, massively important when you're talking about immune function, health, fatigue, all that sort of stuff. Less than three bucks a day. Cheaper than going and getting a coffee every day. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, that is that is athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Let's talk players. Let's talk DeMar DeRozan. Who? Proves me wrong. Was my thought process wrong on DeRozan? I don't think so. And here's why. I think it's very foolish to predict a player age 32, having their career best year. That's just me. I think if I project that they won't have their career best year, I'll be right vast majority of the time. But DeRozan came in after playing 33 minutes a night last year, played 36, and was the 18th ranked player for fantasy. He averaged 28 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, with 0.9 steals, 0.73. So all of the same problems are there. Low defensive stats, low threes. He even didn't see huge assist numbers. And I was sort of worried about him. I thought he'd be in that 40 range in the draft. And he just wasn't because his efficiency was unbelievable. I also didn't think 
that he would come in and establish himself as the number one usage guy. I thought him and Levine would be around that 26, 27 mark each versus 32 for DeRozan. It's it's very high. I didn't think he would... And, and Vooch there, of course, as well. I thought Vooch would take the biggest hit. We'll talk about him soon. But I didn't think that DeRozan would come in and put up that level of usage, which again is the biggest usage he has had since the 16-17 season. He did decrease his assists, which was to be expected. But getting that efficiency to that level was amazing. 52% from two. He's never been 50% before. So again, how, how do I come in and project that? It's impossible. He also had been at 26% from three the last two years, and he shot 35%. Very hard to go, well, he's a shit three-point shooter who's just about abandoned that shot. It'll turn around. Where am I pulling it out of my ass? That's what I'm talking about when I thought talk thought process. Shit's going to go wrong, like it did. But in saying all that, over the last month of the season, DeRozan was the 32nd ranked player. The efficiency dropped back down to 48% from the field. And that's sort of where he'd been in the past. He just got off to this insanely hot start. Very interestingly, he's not first on this team in Raptor, or second, or third. He's fourth because of how bad he was defensively, negative 2.2. EPM doesn't rate him as harshly. He still leads the team in EPM overall, and he was super impactful. Really, really impact. interesting. Inter- One thing that's interesting, though, true shooting, 60%. Well above league average, 74th percentile. E field goal percentage, below league average, 44th percentile, 52% E field goal, because that doesn't count, take into account free throw percentage. So his shooting numbers overall are actually below average. He finished insane at the rim, but you want to talk insane, 49% in the mid-range, and he just took a ton of shots there. He is an unbelievable mid-range shooter. I just feel, again, that so much of what he did this year, though, there is massive scope for that to fall down. Assist did drop. No no, no doubt about that. Um, I would not want to look at him as a top 20 player. I know he was 18th this year. I don't think there's any way that I would expect that to repeat. Do I expect him to maintain that level of mid-range shooting? Do I expect him to maintain 34% three-point shooting? Do I expect him to play 37 minutes a night? The answer to all of those questions is no. And we saw it drop off. He also was one of the biggest fluctuable players all season. Where he'd have top five runs and then 70th best player. And then top 10. Then 100th best player over two-week samples. Because he'd go 98% from the line and then shoot 74% from the line. And then shoot 98% from the line. Then shoot 75% from the line. It was just wildly inconsistent like that. And his numbers were so heavily tied into elite efficiency... If there is a two percentage, three percentage point drop off, he drops thirty spots, and that's what I sort of would bank on for next year. Eighteenth ranked player this season, not sure he'll be a guy that I would look at in the second round. Maybe back end third round would be my guess. Could be wrong on it, but I think there's more chance of being burnt taking him in that area than there is the risk of being wrong by taking him in the start of the fourth round. So I just think we've got to look back at does it make sense? for him to be that level of shooter night in, night out at age 33 on a steady diet of mid-range shots? I would think not. Levine was the 36th ranked player. I thought that he could maintain mid-second round, or sorry, uh, late second round, early third round value. He didn't. His ADP was 20th. He went at 36. He played 35 minutes. The knee bothered him for sure. As I said, unrestricted free agent. He's six years younger than DeRozan. 24 Four and a half and four and a half. 
as per usual, putrid steel numbers and block numbers. 48 and 85 is his percentage numbers. In a points league, he was 42nd. He really did drop off. I just didn't think that he would lose that much usage. to. I thought he would be the number one guy and DeRozan like a 1B. But it didn't work out that way. DeRozan really took over. Levine's advanced numbers defensively, he did improve. Still really bad according to Raptor and still a negative according to um, EPM. But he still overall had a strong number with his EPM. His finishing at the rim was really strong. He didn't rely heavily on his mid-ranges. He hit his threes at a good volume and good percentage. Just as per usual, just horrendous um, defensive stats. It's just what he is. So he is solid enough. There is a little bit of overrating with Levine, I think, as a player. Um, yeah, what does he do differently this year than next year? 24, 4.5 and 4.5, 48 and 85. I don't look at that and go, well, there's clearly an area to improve. Maybe the steals go back to one a game. That's possible. But yeah, would I want to draft him in round three, hoping that happens? I don't, actually, I don't mind him as a back-end third-round sort of player. He's 27, so there is some dynasty appeal here longer term. But we started to see him on a better team, which this is something to remember with a lot of players. He was like a top-20 guy on a Chicago team that was terrible. Gets some better players in, and then comes back to the pack. He's not that guy that on a good team elevates. And that, that sounds harsh. I'm not trying to be harsh, but there are certain players that when your team gets good, your value goes up because you, you are the guy that's making that team good. His team got better, and he sort of took a step back. And that's the indication of a solid player, very good player. I think he's really good. But I'm just not. sometimes his reputation, I think, outstrips what he is as a player. Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm being too harsh, maybe. Lonzo, 37th ranked player this year. His ADP was 47. So on a per-game basis, he beat it really easily. He's not as good of a points league guy. We know that. He was 61st in points leagues. He's still only 24, Lonzo, but he only played 35 games. 35 minutes a night, 13, 5, and 5. Almost two steals on a block, 42 and 75. So not great percentages, but not horrible. He hit three threes per game in his 13 points. It's all about threes, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. Covering a lot of the unsexies there, but hurting your percentages. That's just who Lonzo Ball is. I don't really see it changing. But investing in Lonzo Ball, it's hard to do with these persistent knee problems. He's going to come in again and be a top 50, top 45 player again next season. But his knees are a gigantic worry. Impact-wise, I thought he was massive for this team. Second in Raptor. Second in EPM. Third in LeBron. Um, third in Darko. He's on-off. Interestingly, Levine was a negative on-off player. Plus 4.5. Huge. He was just really good. I think it's a great buy-low time in a dynasty. I'm not saying he's ever going to be a reliable player, but he's 24. You might you might get a couple of seasons where he plays 70 and in the top 40. And you won't have to pay anywhere near that sort of price to acquire him in any sort of dynasty format because of the way this season ended, which was horrible. It was a bad, bad end of the year considering he didn't play since bloody January, I think it was. He was out for a long time. Built has been out for a long time. And it still is the best tasting protein bar ever. Instead of reaching for a candy bar as a snack, why don't you reach for something healthy? Built Bar. It's low in calories, 130 in most of the bars, and just four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, low in fat as well. But the protein, the protein's there, 17 grams in a bar. You've had protein bars before, they taste like crap. We know it. They're so hard to chug through. 
but you get a built bar, it just tastes bloody good. Plus, there's their new puffs range. Protein-infused marshmallow. It tastes unbelievable. Get yourself over to the website, built.com, and check out all those great flavors available. And when you place an order, which you invariably will do, use the code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, so you save 15% off your order. Built Bar is built different. Nick Vucevic. It's Vucevic. Vucevic. I was not... People were taking him at the start of the second round, which was crazy to me. His ADP was 18, still too high to me. He was an absolute roller coaster this year. He didn't get hurt, which was good. 73 games, played most of them. 39th ranked player, averaged 17 and 11. One and a half threes, three assists, a steal, a block. Part of some of his value was getting good assist numbers that dropped off. High usage that dropped off. He never gets to the free throw line. 1.7 is unbelievably low. And we just saw him slot into a third offensive role. I think the Bulls gave up too much to get him. Franz Wagner, one of the players. Vendel Carter. Vendel. Wendell Carter. Plus another draft pick coming. It's too much. Vooch is 31. Yes, getting Vooch there probably helps Levine stay and helps attract Lonzo and DeRozan. All that's true. So I guess you've got to factor that in. But as a pure asset trade, it's a loss. It's a huge loss. We'll see whether this, you know, the cost of, a, of attracting DeRozan does it actually lead to them doing anything I don't know it's a, it's a tough one isn't it he's only got one more year left Vooch at 22 million he's going to be 32 next off season we'll see where that leads him I wouldn't expect a big jump forward from him next year in fact uh, 33 minutes maybe he goes to 32 he can be good he just wasn't for most of this year he really struggled offensively a lot of the time he has good flashes. No no debating that. He's still a very good player. But that all-star, all-star level guy that he was, I don't think that's there anymore. Interestingly, using the LeBron metric, he was the best player in this team. I don't fully buy that, but he was. 1.33 versus DeRozan, 1.06. Um, Darko really doesn't like him. They've seen a huge decline since the start of the 19-20 season, and I tend to agree with that. Just from watching him, he was a negative 3.8 on court. Pretty bad when you're playing with DeRozan and Levine, who both, you know, DeRozan was a plus 5.1, Levine negative 0.7. It's a big drop-off. Would I, third round, probably not for him next year. Um, fourth or fifth, yeah, look, he's relatively reliable. But I reckon this might be it. I reckon this might be the last season of him putting up these numbers. He's said he's 32. He's out of contract. And where he goes from here, I don't know. So in terms of dynasty, like that's not a top 50 player. It's probably not a top 70 player in a dynasty format if we're just going to be really honest with it. Alex Caruso, the rabbit hunter. Be very quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. Big steal for the Bulls to get this guy. He is 28. He played 41 games, which is annoying with that wrist injury. 28 minutes, 7, 3.5, and, and 4, 1.7 steals, 40 and 80. You know, rough field goal percentage. What you had him for was assists, but most importantly, steals. He was 133rd ranked player, 163rd in points leagues. He's not, a, he's not a guy that you want to look at as like a long-term fantasy upside player. He might start again next year. I don't know. He probably won't. They'll probably be Levine, Lonzo, DeRozan, Williams, Vooch. And he might not ever hit this top 130-ish type mark again. 
Caruso, but led the team comfortably in Raptor. Pretty solid in EPM, especially defensively. He's still a big negative offensively, but all his advanced stats were really strong, again, as they've been for most of his career. Foolish of the Lakers to let him go, to be honest. Plus 7.4 on-off, huge. Really, really big. Just a really key player that only played the half the games, but it's not outside of streaming for steals. That's really about all it is for fantasy. I don't believe in Kobe White. 181st ranked player this year. He played 28 minutes. That's basically starters minutes. Still couldn't crack top 150. 13 points, two threes. Only three assists, 43 and 86. Putrid defensive stats. That's always going to be the case for him. I don't think he's ever going to be super efficient or a very good passer. And the pathway to minutes on this team is just not there. He's probably going to have to be included in some sort of deal to unlock anything for him. But I actually just don't really see it with him. Defensively, he's still a disaster. Offensively, he's inefficient and not a good distributor. The advanced stats actually just don't really like him at all. He's like one of the worst defensive players, according to most of them in the NBA. Efficiency's average, but not great. Distribution stuff is not good either with him. He's three years in now in his career. He's had opportunities to start. I, I think it's cooked. I think he's done as a starter caliber player. I don't think that's there for him anymore. And I would not be surprised if he is never a top 100 fantasy player from here on out. I'm just not massively in on him at all. Wasn't really in on him much as a player at the time. Thought there was a chance last year, given the role that it was available to him, to step up into the top 80 or 90. That didn't really happen though. Javante Green. Yeah, I think he gets overplayed. 23 minutes a night for him. He's 29. 7 and 4. Steal half a block, 55, 54 and 83. Like good efficiency numbers, but he's just so low usage. 11% usage is so low. And defensively, he's really strong. But when you're running out of Caruso and Green out there and Derek Jones Jr., like you, can you, do, you need to do something offensively. You need to be able to offer something. And he doesn't really do that. His advanced numbers are okay. They're not, they're not bad at all. They're actually pretty good, especially fueled defensively but he needs a really specific role. He's probably a 20-minute-a-night player who had stretches of being fantasy-relevant at times, but the upside for him is just so very low that, you know, I don't think we need... And he's 29. Like, I don't think we need to get excited about his future. Here's one that I think will be interesting to debate. I'm debating with myself, but you'll be watching in the comments saying things. Ayo Desunmu. He's 22 as a rookie. Second-round pick. Outplayed his draft slot, for sure. Chicago Bulls Twitter lost their mind. We got a top three player in the draft in the second round. No, you didn't. You didn't get anywhere fucking remotely close to that. Not even remotely close. All right. He was solid enough. He put up some stuff where I didn't really expect it from him. He ended up playing 27 minutes a night in 77 games. Did not expect that at all. But still, was the 200th ranked ranked player. And in points leagues, he was 220th. It's not a great return. 9, 3, and 3 with 0.8 steals. And he shot 52% from the field, including 60% from two. It's one of those ones where I go, yeah, nah, that's not continuing, is it? There's no way that I look at Dasunmu as a 60% shooter from the field. He did that on 51% mid-range shooting. Yeah, that is going to fall. He hit 68% of his free throws only, 38% from the line. There's some real struggles there. 38% 38% shooting from three is solid. And he was solid in his last year in college, but over his college career, he wasn't a good shooter. His rebound numbers are low. His assist numbers are okay. His defensive numbers are okay. 
I just think he's fun and he is fun as a player and he does some nice hustle stuff. But, and he had a nice little top 100 run when everyone was out. But as you saw players coming back, he got marginalized. The advanced numbers are pretty down on him. Negative 3.5 Raptor. You know, 26th percentile EPM. Actually was a negative estimated wins guy, like cost his team wins. And that's just not easy to do. His LeBron, very low. His Darko, really low. And it tailed off as the season went on. Negative 8.8 on off is a very bad number. He is a rookie, so we expect improvement. But again, it really depends on what you've been listening to or what you've bought into. I think there's a lot of overestimation of what sort of a player he's going to become. Can he ever be a guy that handles the full-time point guard role? I saw a few flashes there. A few. Patrick Beverly, he's not that level of defender. He's not that level of shooter. You know, what's best case for him? 12, 12, 4, 5, 1.2 steals. That's not bad. But Lonzo is only two years older than him. So as long as Lonzo is healthy, he's going to have that job ahead of him. I don't think Crusoe is ever going to be a better player than Lonzo. So while the 27 minutes is good, I wouldn't expect 27 minutes for Dasunmu next season. I, I just don't see how he gets there. Very low usage player as well, 14%. Let's talk low usage. Let's talk Pat Williams, who only played 17 games, 25 minutes, 9 and 4, half a steal, half a block, 53 and 73. Thought he started to play well towards the end of the season, but still only the 253rd ranked player in points leagues is 254th. I'm not sure the upside's there, especially with Levine, Vooch, DeRozan, Lonzo. He's just never going to touch the ball. And I'm not sure his defensive stat numbers are high enough to make up for that. He's never going to get rebound. Oh, actually, that's not true. Not a bad rebound. It won't get assists in high volume. Um, shot 52% from three after 40% as a rookie. It's still really low volume though. And I'm not convinced that he is that level of a shooter. It's, that's good shooting. There's no debating that. But he doesn't take enough of them and it's still low volume for me to think that's real. 37, maybe. 40, I, I don't think that's the sort of player he is. I think he'll be much better next season than he was this year and showed a few little flashes towards the end of the year. EPM is pretty low on him, so is Raptor. Most of the advanced staffs are pretty low on what he does. Even defensively, where he's supposed to be really good, the numbers haven't really come through there. It just sucks that he lost so much of his second season in terms of development. I think he'll be much better. I think he'll be like on the 150, 170 range next season. I don't really know how he pushes into being a top 70 player. Maybe 15 and 8. A steal, a block, two threes. Actually, you know what? That's that's realistic. I think the comparisons of, hey, maybe he's Kawhi Leonard, uh, are just never going to... That, that's just a foolish comparison or a ceiling to put on any player. And I don't think he's ever going to get there. He's not really even going to get to the defensive ability of his um, former Florida State alum in John Isaac. He's not that player either. Just a solid defender who it lacks in a lot of fantasy categories. Derek Jones Jr., 25 only somehow. 18 minutes, 5 points, 3 rebounds, but it's the 0.7 blocks and the and the 0.5 steals and good percentages, which help him. Just don't think he's 306 ranked player, though, really. Like, he just doesn't do anything offensively, doesn't hit enough threes. And he's just not going to get enough playing time to have an impact in most spots. But the advanced stats do tend to like Derek Jones Jr. 
most of the time, at least make him solidly into a nice eighth man type of player, backup center player who can be a block streamer. But there's just so much lacking in his game offensively that it is hard to play him more minutes than that. After that, it's you know, Tony Bradley, who is fine as a backup center, Tristan Thompson, Matt Thomas, Tyler Cook, Malcolm Hill. Malcolm Hill showed a bit, but he's 27. Wing option who might be able to hang around as a, you know, think of, who's the bloke I'm trying to think of? Travion Graham, that sort of player. Yeah, that, don't know how to pull that one out. Maybe you can have a couple of years of that sort of a rotation level player. Yeah, Matt Thomas, Tyler Cook, Marco Simonovic, who was actually pretty trash this season. Not a lot there that I love from those back-end Bulls guys. But yeah, I expect a bit of a decline from DeRozan next year. Lonzo, I think, is a bit of a buy-low. Vooch is going to drop. White, I don't really care for. DeSudmu is maybe a bit overrated. I think Williams is going to step up a little bit, but maybe not into you know very, very good territory or anything along those lines. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.